welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I love it. Hey, good morning, guys. It is the morning grind. And I do this show every Monday, 9 a.m. So set your calendars. 
because I talk with Raylan David, David, Raylan, oh my goodness, Raylan Davis, David Spizak, and Brian Benstock. Guys, you here? I'm here. Yes, ma'am. Good morning to you, everybody. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, So we're talking about mindset. Oh my goodness. Maybe I need to like talk to myself more in the morning. Mindset shift for networking. Uh, And Brian and I, (laughs) you want to help me out, David? (laughs) Brian and I were talking this morning. And Brian, would you agree with me that networking, that word doesn't land for us. We're like networking seems so intentionally self-serving, whereas building like building relationships and David and Raylan, I feel like I can talk building relationships all day long over networking. What do you guys think? I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I say to people all the time, in fact, I've taught a networking class that You know, uh, a lot of people think that networking is when they go to a convention and they hand out business cards or they're in a trade booth or they hand out business cards or they talk to people or they meet somebody at a happy hour um, and they think that's networking. Some people think it's when they go on LinkedIn and they reach out and connect with somebody. Hey, I just increased my network. No, you did not. You just met somebody online. That's all you did. Networking in my brain does not occur, doesn't get activated or become real until a relationship exists and the relationship doesn't exist until you're actually putting yourself in a position to where you're bringing value to that other individual and you know uh, gary v uh always says you know give 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 uh get and and that's kind of the the approach that anybody needs to take in order to be highly successful it's about creating value for that other person the interesting thing is even if that other person you think is going to be tough to network with because they're at a whole different level. Anybody out there is happy to have somebody bring value. So for example, Barb, maybe they just came out with a new book. Maybe they're coming out with a new content and maybe there's something you could do to avail uh, them to your own audience, to your, to your own legitimate network. And you help them amplify what they're doing. You help facilitate a relationship. You know, now you've got some legitimate networking going on. And if you do that the right way, and if you are committed to giving value to people on an ongoing basis, what you will find is you will become a trusted part of that other person's network. And instead of you trying to pitch to somebody, um, you'll actually have a legitimate relationship. You know what, this brings up something that happened with us this weekend, and I want to bring it up because I think it adds great value to what you're talking about. Relationships take time, networking, whatever you want to call it or refer to it. But we were in some back channels because we had a great dialogue yesterday about business and um, we're talking about inflation and the conversation was just on fire and somebody came in and gave great value. But in the back channels, I, you know, I was saying, I'm like, my problem is I feel that I'm talking as they're talking at me and they're not talking with me. I have no relationship with this person. And it's very hard for me to bring somebody into the fold of what, you know, opportunities that we're cultivating and things that we're doing, because I'm like, I don't know this person. And anytime they, uh, they, uh, on Mike, it's a, it's a, it's talking at me. I'm like, why are they yelling at me? And why are they talking at me and not engaging, you know, in like, you know, they're more, I feel like sometimes 
um, you know, you've got to be very intentional in how you speak because energy is energy is real and relationships take time. Um, and I think sometimes people are trying to impress you with what they know instead of trying to get to know what you're interested in. Am I wrong? Well, Barb, I'll say one thing and then I'd, I'd love to, you know, pass it off, obviously, to hear Brian, you know, and Raylan know an awful lot about this as well. But I coined an expression probably 40 years ago, nearly 40 years ago, and it was uh, commission breath. And as I was working with salespeople, commissioned salespeople, I was sharing with them that when you go out and you approach a prospect, you know, what you should be doing is approaching them in a consultative fashion. You should be trying to build a relationship, but you really need to understand what is the problem they're trying to solve so you could solve for X you could solve for that problem. If you go out there and right away, it's, it's painfully clear to them that all you care about as you're standing face to face with them is you have this commission breath. You just care about the commission. You don't care about them. You don't care about solving their problems. You're Did not you say commission depressive. breath? Did yes, commission breath. Yes, yes. <laughs> Did I hear that right? We've okay. all stood in front of people that had bad breath. And I, <laughs> and I said, just visualize somebody where that bad Look breath for yourself, is commission man. breath. Let right? that one breathe, <laughs> commission breath. Is, so, that, so the individual, the individual you're talking about has commission breath. You know, and even even here's the thing, guys. Wait, even on is there cloud breath? High tech network. Is there also cloud breath? Yes, that's right. It's well, it's cloud-based commission breath. But you could tell as soon as oh that God. person opens their mouth, they're just trying to pitch you. They're just trying to present to you. They're just trying to achieve something for them, and they don't really give a rat's behind about helping you. And that's the thing that I think you're picking up from that person. What do you think, Brian? Just me, me, me is every time that particular individual is opening their mouth. I know like, Brian's yeah. driving, driving to work. I couldn't, uh, or driving. He's probably, Brian's probably on his motorcycle in 12 degree <laughs> weather, driving to work, can't get I, his gloves off. I can feel commission breath sometimes, I think more than smell it, because you're not always in person anymore. But I think that's really valuable, bueno. and I, I absolutely believe that, and you know, I, it just reminds me of that quote and I don't know who it belongs to, but people don't care what you know until you know that they care. And that was resounding to me. I'm like, um, you know, just take an interest, you know, it, building a relationship, networking, building those, uh, you know, those long-term sustainable dynamics take time. Like they're cultivated over time. And most importantly, it really does come from taking an interest in what other people, what other people want, why they're showing up. So, you know, listen, we're networking here on the clubhouse and we were talking in actually Jerry's room a couple days ago. And one of the things, cause it was like how to build connections here on clubhouse and really, you know, make yourself an authority in this space. And one of the things I said that people were back channeling on, because I think it needed to be said, I said, put your clothes on. And people laughed and we got a good giggle, but I was like, look at your profile picture. There's people floating around on this app and they're half dressed. Now, if you're a bodybuilder and you're you know, in fitness and that's your thing, um, and Monica, I'm not talking about you if you're on here, <laughs> you look great and you're, you're a total shiny example, but there are other profile pictures that are coming in and they're little behinds are hanging out and i'm like this is a boardroom why are you, you you're i'm a little chilly too, i support but... that by the way so stop it 
No, Robert. you don't. No, you do not. Put your clothes on, ho show up in the boardroom. And unless you're into, you know, fitness or modeling or anything. You do your networking. You Let them do chilling. their networking. Who are you to tell these people <laughs> to put their clothes on? Come hey, on. this is my advice. Take it or leave it. I don't know. <laughs> this is Listen, I speak I my mind. This is rise and grind, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to what the gentleman was talking about before. About uh, I, I think it all ties in. The gentleman was talking about people are going to go back to work and this new norm. And he was talking about the uh, notion of people going back, but on limited schedules, you know, three days a week, five days a week. And I just need to know, has everybody lost their freaking minds? Do, do, do people not understand what it's like to pay for 100% of the real estate? and be using 25% of it? And, and do you think that that norm is going to continue? Because I, I, I can tell you, I would love to have people work from home if I could reduce my real estate cap cost and save 70 80% on that. But once I've done that, I may take a completely different look at my staffing needs. So I think be careful what you wish for all you guys and gals happy working from home and convincing yourself, I'm just as productive as I am at home as I am at work. Nonsense. And since we're talking about networking, how do you get recognized? How are you out there? How are you intermingling with your, 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 your team? I always found one plus one equals three when it comes to teams working together. And one idea can lead to another idea, can lead to a better idea. I'm just not quite sure how that works when you're sitting in front of your computer at home, picking a lint out of your belly button uh, on Clubhouse, on Facebook, on Twitter, and doing some business work. And I know that's not everybody, but, you know, make no mistake about it. CEOs, executives are saying, hey, you know, if I got a guy I'm paying 100% for and he's giving me 60% work, there's a 40% waste. So I can cut salaries or I can cut income or I can cut personnel to meet the reality. And, and that's not mean-spirited. That's, that's the way it is. And, and, I, and I think we're going to have a, a reckoning here, a reckoning that, that, that this nonsense can't continue. So all of those that are really excited about working from home need to take a good look at what, what they're missing and potentially what's going to happen when these big employers say, hey, I'm not going to renew that space. I'm not going to renew that space. And with that non-renewal of that space, I've just saved X amount of dollars. And by the way, the workforce that I have now is, is probably uh, capable of working a lot more effectively and efficiently. So I'm going, to, I'm going to lean into that and I'm going to trim my, my, my workforce. And my gosh, what, what a negative consequence that can happen, uh, can happen to employees who uh, now find themselves looking for a job and unable to find one. You know, Brian, that's a, that's a really, really good point and oftentimes overlooked, especially if somebody's in their 20s and 30s. I mean, let's not forget, despite HR regulations and all that, the reality is many, many people who are in relationships now met their spouse, their partner, uh, through work, through that in-office environment. They either worked in the same division, different division. Maybe they happened to uh, work on the same account, whatever it might be. Maybe they worked in a situation to where they were one of their major accounts, but they, met, they ended up meeting their partner uh, in that situation. The second thing is, how do you impress your boss when your boss can't see you anymore? Uh, how do you stand out, differentiate when you're just one of the 
influx of people that are sitting at home. You can't. There's no way to do that. And despite David, what anybody David, might think, the vast David, majority are not old. that productive at David, all. you're just old. You don't understand. This is the nonsense <laughs> that these you know, kids are saying. We don't understand. You know, uh, you know, uh, when I'm at home, working from home, I'm that. really working real hard. Okay, let's put a camera on you for the 10 hours, 10 hours, 8 hours you say you're working. Let's just have a two-way camera between the, the company and right. you. Right. You, sit you, do a, you do a lot of work with Google. When does Google say that most people do their shopping? At work. Or when they're working. At, at work. Listen to me. People that are at work, when they're at work, they're playing all day. They're playing the weekend, the ski trip. They're, they're doing that. And then when they're on the ski trip, they're thinking about work. And they're in the opposite place that they need to be. And, you know, Google does have a way for their employees, once they open up their laptop, to be able to tell that they're, that they're working. And, and they monitor that, but most other companies don't. Our, when we had the, the lockdown, my business development center was working from home. I can't tell you the lack of oversight. I can't tell you the leakage, the seepage, the ineffectiveness, inefficiencies that we were having. And we paid a fortune to have all the same capacities uh, that we had in the business, out of the business. And those of us that are retail sales, how do you feel about your, your, your person working from their home computer with their database, in, in, in your database in their living room, and, and your, the privacy of your, your, your clients in their living room. I mean, I, I, I think we've got all sorts of challenges that we had to uh, pivot quickly to adjust to the market, but it's not a question of turning back to normalcy. America, the United States, had the most effective workers in the world. I, I would love to see the data on that today. I don't, I don't think that, that we were anywhere near that level well, of Brian, something. Well, I got to I got to jump in for these two titans, East Coast, West Coast, and say that the work life paradigm is forever shifted, and we're not going back, so we have to go forward. And necessity is the mother of invention, so we have to find ways to maintain productivity, but also respect that people do like working from home. They like flexibility. They like being at their kids' soccer games. I don't now, give a I, damn what they you know, not I, like I know from home. Not not like that's but, being a dinosaur. It's this is how things here, get man. moved forward. This is not changing. This is here. This is now. Now I think, and you guys can totally argue with me, but I really do feel that we need to go to a uh, six-day work week. I think people like fluidity more than they like things being rigid. Monday through Friday, nine to five. I don't even know what archaic, you know, mode, mode that was. Barb, 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 Barb you, got, you got to get your airplane up to 30,000 feet here. Okay. The, the, what problem, what problem? <laughs> Why is everything a plane metaphor, Ben? What, 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 what problem are you solving from a, from an expense perspective, having somebody work three, four days a week, that still means I need all of that real estate. That still means I've got to, I've got to waste that money on dirt. And I'm not no, being things mean. Are gonna not, evolve. I, I know people enjoy working from home, but my Lord, it's the inefficiency there can't continue. And, and we're in a bumpy economy right now. And, and, and I'm going to tell you when interest rates start to creep up and demand for things starts to go down, businesses are going to do what they have to do to survive. And that's going to be to tighten the belt and those inefficiencies and in the person's inability to prove uh, what they're doing during the day, those are gonna be the first to go. Well, who are you gonna cut out? Somebody you got, you have a, a validation that's putting in the time and doing the work? Well, somebody wrote, well, that's a question mark. And, 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 and by the way, that side hack, side hustle, the side hustle, hustle 
concept should support your main hustle. That's the challenge for kids today, people today. They don't go deep on anything. And the, the gold, the glory is in going deep, right? And, and so we're talking about networking, getting around people that can help you go deeper in your craft, in your, in your position, in your, what, what your, your vocation. And it's these, you know, the, the nonsense now, I'm gonna do this for a couple hours a day. I'm gonna be an Insta uh, Instagram YouTube star. I'm gonna be the Paul brothers. Uh, for a couple of hours a day, then I'm going to do some network marketing at night. You're going to do, do nothing anywhere. You're going to do nothing anywhere. You've got to go deep on your craft. Well, Brian, there could be a possibility here that as the, the younger person in the, as like the young guy, right? I'm like the, the person you keep talking about. They're like, oh, these young idiots. I'm that guy. Oh, so, well, listen, I'm sorry that, about that. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> will work with you, He's a Raylan. boxer, Brian. <laughs> as, as that as that young idiot in the group, uh, one thing to consider, right? It's it's just leadership, right? It starts at the top, honestly. And what we're saying, and honestly, what I'm hearing is we don't know yet. There's a new thing that's coming around, which is this work at home, maybe hybrid model that's coming, and leadership doesn't know how to manage it yet. So I think what could be interesting is if we look at it from a solution-oriented mindset and go, okay, well, maybe if I improve my ability to have my managers drive productivity still at home, what would that look like? And who knows, maybe you have a higher set of reten retention because the people at home are more happy. If they're more happy, cool. If we could be more happy, have more happy employees and have productivity the same as it is today. Now, I'm not gonna say that overnight that's gonna happen, right? Because this is new, this is very new. So it's gonna take us a minute. It's like rolling out a new pro uh, product, right? Or having a new vehicle come out on the lot whatever that may be, it takes a minute to train on that. So I think it's less of an issue of our employees aren't that productive and more of an issue of our managers don't know how to lead that from home yet. Because think about it, when we had to transition to home, all these managers, people that are running productivity had to learn overnight, how do you still manage people that you can't necessarily see or have those hard conversations with in person? That becomes a whole new thing. Now, here's the thing, we could fight it, or we can see what we can get out of it. Now, again, I'm not really certain that that networking at home is the same or as effective as in person, of course not. But if that's kind of what we're looking at, maybe there's some upside to this, right? So your point, yeah, you can cut down costs on real estate, you can cut down costs on making sure that you know, you're not spending money on something that doesn't really need to happen with employees. I don't know, there's an opportunity, I think, to look at it from a perspective of, can I get better at leading people even at home? That could be my like naive, uh, uh, was, optimistic person. Was that, a, was that a young guy, Brian? Was that some kind of a young it's, guy talking? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not. It's not naive. And everyone, I, I, I think your generation's cute. I love all this uh, uh, kumbaya. Oh my god! Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you about your generation. You don't know what it is to freaking grind. Since two thousand and eight, every year since two thousand and eight has been getting better, and you think that's normal. You've never been in a recession, let alone depression, a rising interest rate market. You, the, the, not me, not, not the employers, the economy, the situation is ruthless and it weeds out inefficiencies. It ruthlessly weeds it out. When companies start dropping 30,000 people at a time 
and, 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 and all hands are on deck, and those hands on deck, if they're not producing a verifiable outcome, have to get thrown off the ship. And I, and I know that there's some lovely people in the audience who say, this guy's a monster. No, I'm not a monster. I've lived through it. It's the reality of saying to somebody, hey, you, it's, it's, you got to go, man. I got to save the ship. And you're, you're a high paid person. And I, I think by removing you, I can save 10 other jobs. So, Alan, you've got to go. Well, Brian, also to your point, though, history has shown that people that don't innovate, people who don't go with the change, they get left behind. So there's this interesting balance we're talking about here, right? Like maybe the young don't know how to grind, but arguably the, the old don't know how to use technology and embrace change. No, no, so no, 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 no. Oh, let, me, let, let, me sh- let that breathe. Let that breathe, Brian. <laughs> I'm that in a boxing was... <laughs> match with the boxer, but there's, there's, there, listen to me. There's nobody uh, who's, uh, I'm on a skateboard every day, okay? And so what I'm doing is I'm looking for ways to save Wait, literally? on the dirt. Literally or figuratively here. I'm on. I'm, no, that'd be a disaster. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I'm, I'm being agile and saying, okay, what services can I outsource at, with the verification that we require, and, and what can I keep in play, and how do we design and build this future business? Uh, automotive is my my trade uh, with, with less dirt, because at the fixed cost of uh, of real estates is incredibly expensive. And I think we already have a very good blueprint for that uh, in a Tesla business model. Tesla's got a two-car showroom and they have high outputs. And so everyone says, yeah, well, that makes sense, right? It, it makes sense, uh, Raylan, but the challenge for that is for those of us that are w- with these big behemoth showrooms are going to have to transition. And as we transition, that is going to cause there to be less people on the battleship. You're gonna take a, you know, a, a Tesla showroom, there's one not too far from me, they have a two-car showroom at the time. This as- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So this morning, they had no cars on that floor. They have two or three or four sales representatives uh, producing very high output. And I think that's a wonderful business model. The challenge is in many stores today, they've got 50, 60, 70 salespeople. And they've got business development people that are working from home. And that is going to shrink. That's going to shift. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. But I'm saying to those people uh, that are, are in this game of musical chairs, when the music stops, many of them are going to find they don't have a chair under their bottom. And that, that's uh, the reality is it's going to shift. We're not going to go back to the way it was. You're, you're all right in, in that. But I just need to be you know, saying the bad news. That's going to cause a number of people to not have jobs. Hey, by the way, there's that little thing called AI. And, and by the way, what you're doing at home, Jimmy J.O. in front of the computer, blah, blah, blah. This is great. Uh, if that can be done with uh, uh, artificial intelligence, it will be done with artificial intelligence. And that person was sitting at home thinking, I got life. Uh, man, look at me. I am getting away with murder. They're going to find all of a sudden that they're not necessary. And I think we we have a very serious situation brewing. And, and, and it's not just me. I think it's uh, Mr. Elon Musk who's saying that that uh, artificial intelligence will be the biggest 
uh, downsize to what's going on now. It scares him more than anything else on the planet. Stephen Hawking said said the exact same thing, and and Rayland, I completely understand your point. If there are people out there that are dinosaurs, in other words, they do not embrace technology, and they're trying to forge through in in their business. You're right. There's there's going to be exposure. There's going to be risk, and ultimately, most of those will meet their demise. It's 100 percent true, but but the reality is, um, almost everybody I know, in that I know in my circle that are in their 50s and 60s are incredibly tech forward. I've been tech forward. I've been a geek since 19, I don't know, 1981. I think I got my first computer, uh, which was a deck by uh, digital. And I've been tech forward. Brian is insanely tech forward. And so when you have that combination of you're facing a competitor that has that combination of grit has the ability to grind every day and they don't mind it. They don't hate it. They don't lament it. They love it. And in addition to that, they have that wisdom from going through the fires. And in addition, they have that uh, respect and that love of what technology can do, man, that's a really, really tough competitor. So if somebody's out there, I appreciate what you're saying, but if somebody's out there and they're young and the only thing they have is tech to hold on to, listen, Tech is not a just add water solution. You don't just go buy a laptop, flip it open, and money starts flying out of it. You don't sign up for Mondays or Asana or Trello, you know, or Slack or ClickUp or anything else, and all of a sudden your business just lights up. No, no, no. It requires an operator. It requires business intelligence, not just artificial intelligence. David, do you, we got we got to look around, right? Because I think there's a we have a house in upstate New York and. The, the we get off at exit 21 and we get off and for anybody that's in new york who's gone to brindam mountain when you get off at exit 21 there was a little toll booth and that used to have two or three senior citizens that probably were locals and they're sweet nice people there and uh they, the, those jobs were pretty good paying jobs i said you know who the heck would sit in one of those booths all day long but from what i understand the jobs are pretty good paying jobs those booths are no longer there because uh, technology has replaced those jobs and in anywhere and everywhere you look around, right? Used to be back in the day, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I send my deposit with the store's deposit, so I don't tend to go to banks. Um, I hadn't been to a bank in, in quite some time, uh, but it used to be that there were 14 tellers and two ATM machines. Now there are 14 ATM machines and two tellers, and the two tellers are, are there. And all of that uh, reflects uh, an efficiency uh, as businesses are moving to be um, more cost conservative, right? And Brian, the, go to a Home Depot. Uh, Home Depot. But the job, but, but, but the, more than half the checkers are you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, Target. But, but the people, the people part of that, you know, at some point that starts to cut into bone that efficiency, and and and, and starts to cut into it starts to get closer and closer to home. And as we have a population that's growing and we have uh, uh, efficiencies that are improving, there are going to be a, a lot of people, sadly, that I think are going to find it very difficult uh, to, to find a job. I, you know, I, I use the expression, people are going to find that they fit perfectly well in a world that no longer exists. And so that, Raylan, my, my, mine is not a position of... Um, lack of ability to adapt to what's changing. Uh, I, I am keenly and painfully aware of our ability to adapt as a business. And I know what that means for many workers. 
because when there's forced efficiency, uh, you know, the first, the, the biggest expense you have is your personnel. And it's also the most valuable per- expense that you have, but it's personnel. So as, uh, as minimum wages are rising, as overhead is, 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 is constantly rising, as taxes are rising, and the businesses are looking to be more efficient, we have workers that are working from home. So if I'm an owner of a business, and I am, I say, well, how can I benefit from workers working from home? Well, I don't need all this space here. And I start to reduce the amount of space that I need. Well, at the same time saying, well, if Johnny is working from home, what can I do to have Johnny's job done more efficiently, more effectively? These are just normal questions that businesses are having. And you have that. Have you seen have you seen Amazon go? It's the grocery stores that are starting to pop up on the West Coast. I, I have. You, you walk in and it checks you out without you doing anything. You just you, you shoplift and then you get a bill. That's right. Well, I think whatever that's you why... pick up, it notices what you pick up. I think up. it's like you walk, You're not you shoplifting out, if you're you're you done. pay for it. But it, I feel I felt well, guilty. Something... I went in there. I tried it. I felt guilty. I'm like, uh, uh, you know, and, and I was afraid to walk back in in case they charged me twice. Well, one of the things that I, I think was important to note. Now, granted, the, the employees aspect of it is kind of a different different thing we could dive into. But on the subject of innovation, there's like two forms, right? There's the tech innovation. And then it becomes the human innovation, right? Now, what I mean by that is once we're at home, it becomes a conversation of what tools do these people at home need to be able to to more effectively do their job at home? That's what I meant, right? Was that like, yes, of course, you guys have really embraced the innovation of tech, but now we have to start going, what tools do my employees need to have in order to work from home? Which I saw a lot of- Yeah, but the thing is though, like to your point, if our generation, for example, has never been through very many hard things, let's say, although I'll argue that it's just the hard is kind of relative. But anyway, let's say we've never been through anything hard, then it becomes the, the point of the leadership to give them those tools. Similar, similar to like, again, if you have an employee that's never used a software that you use, you give them training. So I guess my point, that's why consultants, Raylan, right, Raylan, make Raylan, the money they make. How do you teach me to take a punch in the face? I punch you in the by face. By punching me in the, by punching, by punching me in the face. And so when you're saying, if we haven't experienced, you know, hard, it's your job no, to that's teach not, me. No, 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 that's not hard. What, you know, I, it's my, it's and, my opinion that again, we, other generations have been through hard things. They're just significantly different. Everyone goes through something hard, but it's just something different for that generation. But, 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 but the hardest part isn't matter of what you're going to train that your employees to do. It's just tools, right? Like, have you ever paid to have someone come and speak to your employees or have you ever paid to have somebody come in and do training before? So how is that different when we're talking about uh, creating productivity things in our workplace? Of course, we've had people come in and I, I'm, I, I'm, what I'm getting to is that there's a, an energy when people are working collaborative, collaboratively together. Now I got your tongue uh, tied there, uh, Barbara. Uh, when people are working together, there's a synergy, there are energies, there are groups. And, and you can do this on Slack, you can do this on Zoom, uh, but it's not the same. It's just, it, we, you know, I went to uh, Atlanta uh, this past week on a trip that uh, initially they wanted to do on Zoom. And I said, I'm sick and tired of Zoom. The quality of the connection is not the same. The quality, the shaking the hand, the meeting before the meeting, and then having the meeting, and then the meeting after the meeting, all, all of these things 
go to networking, to get deeper into what we're doing. And I think there's a lot of superficiality. And I, I think something else you said is interesting, Raylan, you said something about hard is a relative term. You know, many people feel they've gone through what's hard. And, and, and that's very true. It's a relative term until you face something that's really hard. And I look at what uh, uh, kids went through when they went when they sent off to war. I, I look at when, when we talk about people, you know, this this term snowflake, people think it's hard. Uh, you don't know hard until you're up against uh, your son or your daughter being drafted. You don't know what you're up against till you're coming out of a boat on Normandy and, and that that gate to the boat drops and instantly the first 20 people in front of you are shot. That's hard. People think their hours are long. You don't know what long hours are until you're sitting in a foxhole with a rifle in some godforsaken country and you're working tw 20 hours, 24 hours a day because the enemy never sleeps. And and thank thank I thank the Lord that I never had to experience what it's like to be involved in war. But I don't pretend for a second that what I'm doing and what I've lived is hard, comparatively speaking to what real hardship is like. You know, and and, and I think that's the, the oh my God moment for a lot of people that are out there, you know, protesting over every little thing. Uh, you know, there's not enough milk in the supermarket to, that they went to. So, you know, or, or people calling the police because McDonald's ran out of chicken McNuggets. True. People are, <laughs> I mean, my, my, oh my, oh snap. And you know, you know, whoever the guy or the woman was that did, made that call to the police, probably 300 pounds. So it, this is this is what, what we're in today. This is society we're in today that that you know uh, many people don't know uh, hard. And uh, and I'm not wishing that on anybody. But the markets, Raylan, when the markets adjust, and they will, I I think we're we're, we're in for a root awakening. And I think you know when the poop hits the fan, everyone's looking for somebody with gray hair. And, and and we're gonna see that hello. come around. Uh, yeah, hello. Hey, Joe. I have like a couple gray hairs in my beard, just so you know. Like when I grow it out, I have like one or two. Yes, I just want to point well, that you, out. Like Brian stressful, said, that's you're in a stressful business. It's cute. Growing. I, I I every once in a while I find a dark hair. <laughs> I am a total blonde, so I can't add hair. But of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. That's pretty. That's what it says. That's what it says on the box, Barbara. <laughs> That's exactly so, right. So, so, you know, the, the, the normalization, networking, let's talk, let's go further. Generational networking, what the heck is happening to our kids? Okay, I want to jump in on this one. masks in school. You know, Ten we're talking about networking, right, Brian? We're talking about, you know, uh, getting, in, it, getting in front of people. And I agree with you. You hopped on the plane, you went down to Atlanta, and it makes a big difference. And we all went down to Miami last month. And we took a lot of these relationships that we started here on uh, in, in really the metaverse. This is we're part of the metaverse right here because we're connecting through a drop in audio app. And, you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, then we are able to take it offline and meet in person. But this is, you know, we are meeting here in this space that isn't necessarily in person and is proving to be very, um, very valuable. My kids well, just Barb, woke up and walked in the it, kitchen. They're storming if around. You, if you, uh, they're just coming in from last night. Um, so, yeah, if you think about it, when you went down to Miami or when Brian goes down to Atlanta, anytime anybody goes face-to-face, -face, you could have somebody that you've met and you've been interacting with, engaging with over LinkedIn or over messaging, over Zoom, 
And you know, you're, it's almost like you're in a flat line of a relationship. There's, there's no pulse. They know you, you know them, but there's no, there's no pulse. It doesn't go any farther. Then all of a sudden you meet up in person, you have dinner the evening before, you hang out after the meeting. And isn't it true that in going down to Miami, you probably accelerated that relationship easily, if not months, maybe even years of what would have happened. You could have spent the next two years on Clubhouse and they would have known your name and they would have known your little face in a bubble. But by going down there and actually engaging for the weekend, talking to people and getting face to face, you actually have a legitimate relationship, isn't it? Yeah, true? and I'm I'm actually I'm loving the relationships that we're. Aren't you speaking? Right. <laughs> aren't you Aren't you speaking at 10x ladies as a result of going down there? I am actually first of all yes I'm speaking at 10x ladies with uh, Elena Cardone and a bunch of us uh, um, that have met on this app are going down there uh, so I couldn't agree with you more like the the it does move the needle but what I do love about being on here networking meeting is that we do we from our living rooms and as Brian picks the lint out of his belly buttons when he's talking on here you know we nice we're, visual. We're, I know I, I haven't quite gotten past that. It was like 25 minutes ago. Um, I just threw up in my there mouth. Is... <laughs> Sorry. Listen, sharing is caring. Um, but what's so important or what is, what is a value as we're talking about, you know, the evolution in the industry and how people are working and the work-life paradigm just to organize everything that we're talking about here this morning you know, this is where it, it is at. And we are proving me, you, Raylan, I mean, uh, Brian, Carmelia, we are all proving that this is actually a highly functioning and highly productive space. And we are evolving because this isn't how we, our paths wouldn't, would have most unlikely never crossed, except we're finding it here on Clubhouse in this, you know, metaverse, for lack of a better word. And um, it's very, very powerful. So I think what we're really experiencing, what we're doing right now is we are moving the needle in networking and showing exactly how productive and um, powerful it really is. I mean, our paths would have never crossed, yet we're going to be do doing some pretty huge things going forward over the next year. So um, they're not going to be in a metaverse. I'm not going to have fake money. It's going to be real money, real progress, real living, uh, which is, you know, I think uh, a great thing that we, we found here on Clubhouse. The I think that, that hybrid model that I think Raylan was speaking of and the gentleman who spoke in the segment before, I think that there is uh, a hybrid. This is proof of that, right? We use this to take our relationships, our associations to another level. But, you know, I, I, I get concerned about those that are uh, living in their mom's basement apartment and doing everything that they're doing from down there from the computer you got to get out you gotta you've got to live it's be, the art of being fully human those of us that can afford to do such things need to get out you know uh, uh and if your college is not your thing well then travel europe get yourself out and around and right now and about and right now we're, we're cocooning and the more we cocoon the more uh, our world is uh the perspective on our world is that perspective from inside the cocoon, which may or may not be a real perspective on all that the world has to offer. Well, let me say this, you know, because Brian, it's getting out, sorry, David, and then I'll throw it to you. 
But I think there's something you know, to jump in and talk about is that we're we're all meeting off this app, a lot of us down in Florida for 10X Ladies, which is February 4th and 5th. And the gentlemen are welcome to join. It's all about, um, you know, uh, it's about wellness. It's about fitness. It's about business, relationships, mindset. And, you know, we'll probably talk real estate. And it does, it moves the needle in a whole nother a whole nother way. So Brian, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a hybrid of like, great, we're making these relationships. We're finding these like-minded, right-minded individuals that we really align with, but it's not, it's not enough. I'm going to agree with you on that. It is not just enough to sit in your basement or sit in your kitchen and cultivate these relationships in this, um, you know, like this drop in audio app, or maybe you're on TikTok, wherever you might be. It is so critical to there's meetups and there's opportunities that you jump on it because it does. It amplifies relationships and opportunities to collaborate at levels that you cannot quantify. There's no question about it. It is a lot harder to move from this space into real transactions and real monetization and opportunity without meeting in person. So um, I just wanted to throw that in. David, I'll throw it to you. Thank you. Uh, so. To your point and to Brian's point, you know, I can't think of two companies that are held in higher regard, uh, higher esteem than Apple and Amazon. Uh, we would have to say these are two pretty tech uh, friendly companies, right? And and uh, they seem to do things uh, very well. Well, Apple actually opened their first Apple store in 2001. And Steve Jobs, this is six years before the iPhone. Think about the foresight six years before the iPhone he opened his first store and and actually it was panned there was a lot of people uh, on the tech side and the financial markets and the business community that said terrible terrible idea why do you need to have a store and yet when we look just 20 years later that company is more than 10x its value uh, way more than 10x its value uh, because they understand that as great as their technology is, as efficient as their systems are, as phenomenal as their technology is when it comes to allowing people to engage and buy things online, having the ability for people to come in, touch, feel, pick up uh, their product, have the look experience, at their products, review their products, experience it live, either just right, themselves and David, or pivot to where you're going. People, go, go to it Amazon. Changed, it changed go, go to Amazon, Amazon. Put the bookstores. Put they all the bookstores book out of stores. business, then they opened up bookstores. That's my point. I was at an Amazon bookstore yesterday. Now I go into Amazon and I order books on Amazon, but to go into the bookstore and actually walk around and see the books visually, pick them up, read a few pages, you can't do that. Well, they know that. So they understand the two greatest companies, Tesla, you don't need to have a showroom to order a Tesla. You can go online today, you could spec it out, and then they'll call you when it's there, they'll deliver it to your house, or you could come over to a building and pick it up. But they understand that experience, the ability to get tactile, the, the ability to go face-to-face -face with somebody and ask a question, that's it, it, not going away. Before, it still has massive value. Before all these newcomers, this company called Charles Schwab, and they had 100% online uh, financial services. And they found that people were distrustful because there was no office. So they opened up these regional and local offices so people would have a place to go to if they wanted to go there. And they were mostly completely useless.
but they had to open those up because no, the people were just not comfortable doing 100% of everything online without a building to visit. That's why too, right. like we talk about having hybrid model is like the most, I, I think the most optimal, right? Like at the end of the day, imagine, especially for like online, online people right now, coaches, whatever, the online entrepreneur, as soon as you add that element of an in-person retreat or an in-person seminar to, to add to the benefit of the online services, you get lifelong clients. Why? Because yes, online is great and it's easy access, but you do want that human, human connection. Like that is incredibly beneficial. Now that, let's talk about, again, the Tesla thing. Imagine if you spend all this time going into Tesla, going into Tesla, watching online, going on the website, you build the same car over and over and over again, only to go into that that dealership or go to that showroom one time and buy immediately. Now on the forefront, it looks like your close rate is like ridiculous, but it's actually because of you being online. So I, that's why I think yes. at the end of the day, I'm not saying I one's was, better I than the other. Sick. I'm just saying that together you can create some really great products, some really great offerings. Uh, and I think it just, I don't know where that scale is yet. Right. And I think it's mostly up to the consumer, but there is going to be this balance of, hey, there's some things we can do online. There's some things we absolutely only do in human or, or, or in person. In human. In human. In human. In human. Are you human? That's been the beauty of, of the Apple Corporation. Uh, and, and it is the direction that uh, we're going in and I'm going in. It's we, we, we don't have a preference where the consumers do business so long as they do business with us. And I think that's that's been that's been sort of relatively new thinking for a lot of us because we we, we did have a preference. We wanted them here so that we could show them and sell them our products. Brian, I'm actually curious on that. Is is Car did Carvana change a lot of that for your industry? Oh, Carvana's bull. It's just I mean, my, you want it. Carvana's uh, masquerading as a tech company. And they're really old school car guys. Uh, they they've got the online deal figured out they were losing money before COVID, and they were probably in deep weeds uh before that happened the model still requires no less than eight to ten uh communications by a human being with the consumer so it's not quite like that nobody wants to go buy a car from a pez machine you know again good marketing and, and they've raised 50 plus uh they're worth 50 some odd billion dollars so the the market the stock market really thinks this is where this is all going but as soon as that that advantage goes away as soon as the larger more uh localized businesses get involved in it and, and and they haven't thought jobs to be done all the way through jobs to be done for if you're a consumer it's not just buying a car that's part of it but it's it's the life of that car maintaining and servicing that car that they're not involved with yet uh and i think that that's going to be the downfall because it's that, that ability to service and or take care of and or have responsibility uh, to the car. They've got a couple of great things going for them. They've got uh, the a national base, a national database of pre-owned cars. Ryan, are you doing and, chemistry in the background? No, it sounds no, like he's doing dishes right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, while he solves the world, world, the world problem, he's doing chemistry. I need coffee. He's, he's creating, he's creating yeah. a new component, a new <laughs> element. <laughs> On the periodic this chart, is the grind part, you know, grind the new that periodic part. chart is going to have BB on it. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but 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 anyhow, you know, inventory inventory dictates search. 
they've got the most aggregated uh, used car inventory in the country, so they're controlling search. And while people are giving credit to, it's the service, it's the pickup and delivery. No, if you have the more cars you have online, the more you control the search, the more you control the search, the more you control the market. And so dealers, hopefully like myself and others, are learning how to uh, outscore them uh, locally on the internet with Google. And I think as you start to, to see dealers aggregate the inventory and advertise the cars better, that it'll make it more difficult for Carvana. Keep in mind, Carvana has no way of creating used cars. Uh, they have to rely on buying cars on the outside at retail, at retail, to sell them at retail plus. And we now you got to... dealers that are allowing Carvana to list their cars. Oh, that's Carvana the dumbest site. thing, man. Hey, so here we go. This is freaking it's unbelievable. It's Toys R Us all over again. I've been Jeffrey versus Jeffrey. Which Jeffrey won? program. Yeah, Jeffrey so, the giraffe so Jeffrey versus is Jeffrey the Bezos. Go, yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey is homeless walking around the streets of Manhattan with a suitcase, Jeffrey the giraffe. And dealers are going to end up the same way. The most valuable thing a dealership owns is their data their, and their inventory. And so instead of, instead of Carvana having to spend billions to go out and acquire inventory and deal with the logistics of getting those transported and deal with the mess of reconditioning, they're, they're actually getting some dealers to list their existing inventory on their platform, a la Amazon. And now the, what the dealers that hate Carvana and actually think that Carvana is not necessarily David, replicating the client fix, experience. You can't they, fix they, stupid. You can't, you can't fix stupid. stupid. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's but the you can pay them 500 bucks a car. You can yeah, yeah. You, you, right, 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 about right, Carvana right, and then giving them their inventory. It's stupid. It's just, you have to accept it and move on and, you know, Hopefully Darwin takes care of that. We've seen this, of course, with Jeff Bezos and Jeffrey the Giraffe, and the Giraffe listed all his inventory there and toys, and, and some genius said, this is great, look, we're selling these toys. Meanwhile, Amazon had pushed down the margins to nothing, but we're selling lots of toys, boss. And they got the data, right? Amazon got the data. Here are the people buying the toys. Here are the most popular toys. Here's the, here are the ones with the quickest turn. Here are the ones with the best margin. And then all of a sudden, someone said, do we really need Toys R Us? No, we don't need Toys R Us. And now they're coast-to-coast the -coast distribution of toys. They put Toys R Us out of business. Car gurus, for those of you in our business, car gurus did the same thing. For $200, Glenn Lundy, they listed all of my inventory. We're selling a ton of cars. Oh, this is great. This is great. And they said, hey, guys, we're selling a lot of cars for you. It's no longer $200 a month. It's $2,000. Okay, $2,000. That's okay. We're still we're selling lots of cars. It makes sense. It makes, it's $2,000. And, and then they said, okay, hey, guys, it's no longer $2,000. Uh, it's four thousand, it's eight thousand, it's ten thousand. I think they they were looking for thirty thousand a month before I told them to kick rocks. And what they did was yeah, they I got. I think that's pay. where we got like the twenty three thousand a month or something. Right, right, right. And, and but 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 the 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 beauty there and the lesson there is that they they got everybody to list their inventory on their platform. Once they got that done, they controlled the inventory. They that gave them the ability to control search and then once they controlled search they said hey you got to pay us because we control search and if you want your cars to get seen you've got to pay us so you know i mean th this these are great insights when you get the insights and then, you know we told them to kick rocks and they still list my inventory anyhow for free why because it's in their intelligent self-interest to have that robust beautiful inventory that we have on their site and we paid them nothing nothing
no thing. And so, so for dealers to make this mistake, everybody thinks they're the disruptor. Oh, I'm going to list my cars on Carvana and I'm going to have an edge. You got nothing. Same thing with True Car. These are hucksters. They're charlatans that suck the marrow out of your bones if you let them. And you, you can't let them do that. But you've got to know this is what we're talking about. You've got to be able to go deep in your space, deep in your business, get your hands out there, shake hands with people, talk to them. What's going on? Hey, I just signed up with Car Gurus. Are you nuts? What's wrong with you to be able to have these conversations? And Clubhouse has become a really great place for us to be able to do a lot of these things, to exchange the ideas and open people's eyes up. And I, I guarantee you, whatever industry you're in, whatever business you're in, there's some aggregator looking to do the same thing to your industry and your business. You've got to protect your data. You've got to protect your customers. You've got to protect your employees. All these things have to be protected. And a big way to tie it back that you could do that is to create a very powerful, very meaningful network. And and by the way, that network should not be people that all agree with you. Uh, that network should not be people that just support everything you do. I know that sounds counterintuitive because you say, hey, people will say, hey, I need to get people around me that are going to support me. No, you need to get people Nobody around you that are going to be truthful with you. They need to be honest with you. They need to call you on the carpet. They need to be able to push you in a, in a direction that maybe that you were missing something. And, and they need to have the, you have to have the guts to be able to grab a network and build a network that is actually going to make it, it, you better, not it, just David, feel better. A, a guy named Eric in the back channel said the same thing happened with real estate. And he's so right. 100%. Right? Zillow, right? Oh, we'll list your home. Redfin. We'll list your home. And, hey, that's great. And, and next thing you know, uh, you know, they, they control, they control the market. And so these, these patterns, you know, people say, what the hell is you know, Ben Stock talking about cars? Because it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere in this metaverse. And, and those things that are important to us, like uh, controlling our business and managing our businesses, we have to be very mindful that we don't outsource them in, in the risk, uh, you know, in our lust to have greater market we lose control of what, what's ours. What say you, Raylan? <laughs> I, I think that, ahead, I, like I said, it comes back to that hybrid thing, right? It comes back to, can I make the best service ever for my clients, whether it's in automotive, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in whatever we do. Hold on one, one second, bud. Um, whether whatever we do that in person can we make it so impactful that they want to stay with us for a long time but also have the data to support those behaviors that we do in our business and i think we 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 tend to not be on one side or the other and so i think what brian's doing so effectively is he's learning from big data he's learning about how he could become big data and automotive while same time providing a great service is that fair to say brian it's fair to say i want to give you a i want to, I want to flip something on you um, so you're, you're, you're at home. Imagine if somebody said to you, we want you to, uh, we want you to remote parent. We want you to parent, but not directly with your kids. We want you to be able to do, you should be able to do most of it with zoom. You should be able to do most of that with, um, you know, um, clubhouse. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. What could possibly, and, 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 you know, you'd say, well, that's ridiculous. Are you out of your head? I would never do that. And that's how I feel about remote work. That, that, well, how did that, remote learning sure. go in the school? How'd that go? Yeah. So well. that, uh, my, my God, you got 12-year-olds that can't read. 
You've got people in the White House that can't read, let alone 12 year olds. But I, I digress. What what could go wrong with that remote raising of your children? And, and, and how is the in-person uh, raising of your child much more impactful than it, we could ever do by raising them over uh, re- remotely? And I, and, I, and I would submit to you that that would be my counter to the we can get the same efficiency out of people working from home that we could in a in a great environment in a, in a uh, office environment you know and again there are crummy environments where working from home is an improvement over the environment but I would say that there's probably some great synergies I mean I love a chest bumping with the guys uh, I was going to say the gals not the gals but the guys at work and, and high five and when someone hits a home run and you know certainly I can send a nice professional email uh, where emotions are contained. Uh, but 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 you know I I think the recognition uh, and or the disciplines are very very different. Well, Brian, just to, just to be clear, I don't know if we could ever get to efficiencies in terms of productivity of working at home. However, what I do know is that on the effort of trying to get it there, and the effort of learning how we could make it just as efficient working at home as we could, there's a bunch of stuff we would learn that could help us move the business further. Again, I don't know no, if we'll no, get there, no, but no, no, no doubt, guys. No doubt. We are at we are at the top of the hour, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, you're hanging with Barbara Majeski, and Barbara Majeski does not wrap up the show late. <laughs> so I think we, if we know what's good for us, we're going to pitch it back to Barb right about now. Thank you, and I appreciate it. I think this was a great conversation. I want to thank everybody who joined us, and just to organize it, we we were talking about networking, and we also really did dive into some deep dialogue about the the work-life paradigm. What's working? What's not? How do we evolve and grow um, and still get the same productivity out of our team? So I felt like this conversation was great. If you guys have any feedback, feel free to DM us on Instagram. Personally, my DMs here are a mess and they move too slow. Um, but we are at the top of the hour. I'm Barbara Majeski. I did pin a link up at top. It's 10X Ladies. And if you got anything out of the conversation today, it's the relationships aren't enough just online and on these drop-in audio apps. There are great opportunities to meet offline. And we're taking it to Miami February 4th and 5th. Men are invited as well. So uh, if you don't see the link, it just means your app is not updated and you can uh, DM me 10X ladies. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.